just like I promised, we are back a week later with the Run Trio. That is India Cook, Darrell Patterson, and myself, Tommy Mitchell. You're going to get to hear the rest of the discussion we had about our experiences at the U.S. Marathon Olympic Trials that took place here in Atlanta, Georgia. Not only that, we talk a little bit about the Nike shoe controversy, and we take sides on who we're taking in London between Bekele and Kipchoge. Great bonus episode. Sit back and listen. I want to get back to, okay, so because I want to talk about the shoes, but then I want to talk about, because this this isn't, this isn't us, well, this isn't us, me and India, this isn't us just running a marathon. Mm -hmm. He might actually win something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not just us. (laughs) These people, these guys are running for a reason. These guys are running to go to the Olympics, and they're going to try to win. You know, you don't go to the Olympics just to hang out. Mm -hmm. You go to the Olympics to win. So I want to talk about what do you think our chances are in the Olympics, um, with the with the runners that that um, won this weekend, I'll let you handle that one first, Darrell. Um, I think outside of Galen, mm-hmm. I think it's slim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think it's slim because the international competition is so stiff. Now it helps us at the Olympics in that you know Kenya can only send send three athletes. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that only send yeah. three athletes. <laughs> but um, man. The women on the international stage right now, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of crazy. And I think there's a, a very large gap, even though it's weird to say this because I feel like women marathoning is, is seeing a resurgence in the U.S. on the elite level. Mm-hmm. But then when you scale it back and you look at it internationally and you think about, okay, well, the, there's a new PR that was just set at 214. Mm-hmm. And like we're celebrating, you know, our fastest women are running two twenty, two twenty one. That's seven, eight minute gap. Yeah, that's that a big a gap, large gap. Yeah, that's a gap. Yeah. Yeah. Just this marathon right here. I mean, granted, this was a difficult course, but yeah, Alephine won in two twenty seven. That's more than thirteen minutes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like I, it, like you said, it was a difficult course. Now the original course that was going to be in Tokyo, um, supposedly was hilly, and that's why they picked Atlanta. Yeah. But now it's been changed to Sapporo. Sapporo, yeah. I think, is where it is. And it's, it's not. Flat. Yeah, it's, it's flat. flat. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that kind of takes away an advantage. I thought that maybe we might have. I mean, like like you said, Kenya, you can only three people. I was thinking I was at work today. I was like, that's probably a dude with a coffee shop in Kenya that, you know, he's opened up his coffee shop and just saw the times that Americans ran and said, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not even being thought of to run on their Olympic team. Right. You know, so. But now Galen, I think he's got a, I think he's got a two hundred three, two hundred two in him yes. on a flat course. On a on a flat course. Oh yeah, yeah he does. To your point, you were talking about the the beauty of the uh, U.S. Olympic trials, and I agree with that. Yeah. But this would be a case for hand picking because if, if I had to go now over to the women's side and say who do I think could run a fast flat marathon, uh-huh. well then you got to start looking at Jordan Hesse. Mm-hmm. You got to start looking at um, uh, what's the name uh. Sarah Hall, mm-hmm. uh, Emily Sisson. I'm so Sisson. iffy on Sarah Hall. I don't. I'm not, that's my second time saying that. I know she has great times, <laughs> but she just. I don't. I think her mental, her mental may be a little off. Like late to me, I've been seeing her mental be. Oh, a we're gonna have off. to explore that. Yes, we can. We can. Her Go mental ahead. is off. And when when I say mental, meaning. I guess because I've listened to so See, many podcasts. See, that's something that only another woman can say. If, <laughs> yeah, like, if I can't say that. one of us says yeah, something like, like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't say that. Yeah, yeah, I can I say that. I don't know what you're talking about. It would be like a billion But I, I guess I've listened to her in, on being interviewed on other podcasts, and it just seems like she 
because she's she's DNF'd on a couple of courses, and I'm no elites do it because they're like, you know, I'm not going to spend my body. Elites DNF more than I think we realize. Like mm-hmm. they don't finish because they say, you know. I'm not getting paid today. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, it's not my day. So I'm going to pull out at mile 14 because it's no use to put my my body through 26.2 if I know that I'm not going to place. Like, I think it happens more often. But I just listened to her on podcast, and she really wants it. Like, I don't think that it's not that her heart is not there, but I think it's just, it's something. I can't put my hand on it, but it's something that I feel like she's just, it hasn't been her time over the last couple couple of like big races that she's had. Of course, obviously she's come to the trials and so she made it and and has been able to qualify. But it just seems like it just hasn't been her days lately. And you don't have to comment if you don't want because you're a male. I completely understand. I mean, you know, I actually, I, mean, I, just think the, I actually think the opposite. You know, okay. I feel like lately she has shown more than she has in the past, and um, I think she gets a lot of flack. Honestly, I think it's like deflected flack from Ryan Hall. Um, uh, okay. Who used to get a lot of. That's probably more so what it is. Used to get a lot of flack. And I always thought that he unfairly received criticism because of his, his how outward he is about his faith. Yeah. And that's honestly just what I thought. And mm-hmm. then I felt like people looked at him or looked at them like they were like some, you know. What's the, the people from the Simpsons? Ned Flanders. Oh. Like, you know, like, ah, they're kind of. Um, yeah. But lately, I mean, she's just been hammering it. Now, I don't. Now, what I don't think is I don't think she's really built for this type of course. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think she would do really. You give her a flat course, mm-hmm. and you know, give her a rabbit, and you run it like a time trial. Yeah. There's not many women outside of maybe again Emily Sisson, Jordan Hesay, mm-hmm. um, that I would pick over her in that type of race. I got you. Well, I definitely, you know, after having the trials here, I'm definitely going to be, well, I mean, hopefully the Olympics goes on, but mm-hmm. whatever does happen, right. um, I hope, you know, I get, I'll be definitely more engaged mm-hmm. than I probably would have been of if course. it if I didn't get to stand and watch it right there in front of me. Yeah. Now let's talk shoes. Those are some impressive snaps, man. <laughs> <laughs> talk a little shoe. Um, so. Alpha flies giving away free. Oh, I want to talk gear in general at the trials. How many tracksmiths? Because you know they gave it to anybody they wanted. Tracksmith gave them a kit mm-hmm. for anybody that wanted them. There was a lot of them out there. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of tracksmith kits. Nike, like you said, the Alpha flies were mm-hmm. given to the athletes for free um, if they wanted them. I did see a lot of them, but not as many as I expected. Yeah. Oh, I've got numbers. Oh, well, there we go. Well, there we go. So (laughs) someone took a, I wish I can give credit to whoever did this. Uh Some uh, news publication literally took a picture of every single foot and then attached it to the name and did a count on shoes and even caught the shoes. You know, there were a lot of uh, vapor flies that were like painted over Mm -hmm. in disguise and filed down and altered because Mm -hmm. the people had other sponsors or whatnot. Okay. He was able to get through those. So the most popular shoe um, was actually the Vaporfly mm-hmm. X percent. I okay. believe it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so 65 men, 148 women. Okay. Then second was the Alpha Fly, which mm-hmm. they gave out for free. Mm-hmm. 53 men, 95 women. And then I won't go through the whole list, but so 213 people total wore Vaporfly X percent, 148 Alpha Fly X percent. And then third place was Brooks Hyperion Elite. That's their mm-hmm. new one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 49 wore that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vaporfly 4% took 4th place with 43 Everyone else was 17 and less So you got Carbon Rockets mm-hmm. You know blah 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 I got gotcha. you You know what I think that 
and so my reasons why I feel like next percent probably was higher than alpha alpha fly is because a lot of runners don't want to try a new shoe yeah, the day of the day yeah. of a race yeah. like who exactly. wants their feet to be hurting like Especially a mug Olympic trials. Yes, you, exactly. you know what I mean yeah. Olympic trial. you don't want to be like damn I should not have yeah. worn that shoe if I would have just wore what I've been training in I would have right. been fine so I think that that's one thing I do think majority of the Nike sponsor like True Nike sponsored athletes already had their shoes. They already broke them in. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think that they broke them out of the box on yeah. Sat on Friday on Friday mm-hmm. um, after the expo and got their shoes. Like I don't right. think that that was the case. Absolutely I feel like not. they probably had their shoes. They've already broken them in, and they were just able to race on them on that day. Oh, not yeah. probably. Galen Rupp and Jordan Hesse have been posting pictures for over yeah. a month <laughs> with them training in the uh, mm-hmm. the, the new joints. What are they called? Yeah. yeah, the Alpha Fly. Alpha Fly. Yeah. Something that I found, well, I mentioned this to Tommy, but I don't think that he was like, oh, that makes sense. So Atlanta Track Club elite runners, um, obviously Atlanta Track Club is sponsored by Mizuno. So majority of the time when they race, they run in Mizunos. However, Atlanta Track Club, and sometimes they run in Nikes, but Atlanta Track Club does did allow them, and I say allow in air quotes, allow them to wear Nikes if they chose to for the trials because they know that Mizuno at the time does not have – like a shoe that would be comparable per se to Nike next percent or the alpha fly. So they want to make sure that there was a fair chance. And I think that that was really res- respectable. Agreed. Cause they don't have a prototype. Mm-hmm. Everyone else did. You know? Yeah. Saucony had one. Adidas had one. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks had one. Yeah. So if you don't have a prototype to compete with some form and all of them are the same prototype. It's a thick stack height of foam with a carbon fiber plate. So, I mean, that's just kind of the, the standard now. How do we make it this whole podcast without talking about Matt McDonald? But listen, I was waiting on you to finish your sentence. Yeah. How did we make it this whole podcast without mentioning as him? As, as soon as you as mentioned soon as you, Yes, club, I was like, just, yo, we have got to talk about Matt. Matt McDonald, Atlanta Track Club elite, was carrying, he was in third place spot all the way up to, I think, mile 20? Mile 20, that's mile what Mile 20 now. is when uh. he broke. He was when I when I saw him a couple times, he was in the top three and it wasn't it was mile 20, 21. I think I saw a picture at 21 that he was top four and he was battling with them. Yeah. And the whole amazing. I don't know how it was where y'all were, Mm -hmm. but when they around mile 20, when they were showing him in third place, Mm -hmm. they were going bananas. Yes. (laughs) Every time Matt got on the screen, it was just like I thought they were going to knock the dang tent down. Yes. Like, oh, my goodness. Because at that point. Mm-hmm. It legit looked like he was going to do it. He yeah. did. Because that was the, um, you know, we talked about how Riley came back at, in the back. At right. mile 20, Riley was in 10th place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, at mile 23, Riley was in fifth place. So he, he didn't come, he didn't catch up to those guys until mile 24. Mm-hmm. And, and Matt was hanging tough, man. So, I, you know, we, we definitely got to give a shout out to yeah. him. Tip, Tip your hat. We have to. That and the thing about it is, like, he finished in 10th. Like, to say that you finished in 10th place of the Olympic Top marathon trial, he finished number 10. Like, that yeah. is beyond amazing. And yeah. you're an Atlanta native. I actually ran into him on Friday. Not ran into him. But mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Matt, <laughs> at the expo. And I was like, you ready? He was like, I'm ready. These are my streets. This is my hometown. I said, okay. Dude, I didn't realize he was so tall. Yeah, he's very he's tall. tall as crap. But yeah. anyway, I to hats off to you, Matt. Like he did his doggone thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Very, very good. I wonder, what was he wearing? What was he wearing? Who'd you bump into? He did um, Nikes. He oh, did okay. an Nike. Okay, yeah. So on Friday, uh, Atlanta Track Club um, hosted uh, some some people at at the Nets game, and mm-hmm. uh, it was in the VIP suite. So you know, you take an elevator to get up there. So mm-hmm. I get on the elevator, 
and um, Meb and Howie get on. And I had met I had met them before. Obviously, yeah. I have like they don't remember me, but yeah. I had right. met them before. So you know, I me as a fan, I introduced myself to them. I'm like, oh, hi Howie, hi Meb, we met, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. And then Meb says. Oh hi, nice to meet you. My name is Meb. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> You're like no shit. So yeah. we talk about the humility of these athletes. Yes, like, yes, I know. Like, oh, yes, yes, I know who you are. He is super sweet. Like yeah, he's he very is kind. very, very kind. kind. I met I met Meb um, at Dallas. Uh, BMW half marathon 2017. Yeah, I met yeah. him and I took a picture, but he is, he's like, Oh, what's your name? Like he's very personable. Like, mm-hmm. He's not like, all right, let me sign this next. Like he's yeah. not that at all. Yeah. He will have a conversation. They'll be like, come on, we got a time restraint. He's like, Oh, come on. He's <laughs> so a great he's, ambassador. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He's definitely something America needs, mm-hmm. um, you know, to promote the sport. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So did you hear about anybody? So I, I saw this picture. Um, this this runner's name is Reed Fisher. It was his first time marathon. Yo, he fell twice on the course, two times within the first five miles of running. And he finished. He finished in a 224.48. But it's just like, he, I saw the picture that I saw of him is like eyebrow area was like really busted up. Oh. And I was like, oh my God. I promise you. So remember I said I was working the finish line yes. and I was like eyeing people as they came in. Yeah. So I saw him come in and mm-hmm. as he's coming across, you know, again, I'm trying to get people yeah. to go to medical tent. He comes across the finish line. And I look at him and I'm like, man, are you okay? And he says to me, Oh, this happened back at mile five. Yes. So I'm pretty sure I'm good now. <laughs> I'm all right. Like, okay. I made it. So he I'm said good. he fell twice, like within, bet- between the first and the fifth mile. Mm. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. And I don't, I, I don't, I'm not in, I'm sorry if I misstate this, but I want to say the first fall was a clip. He was clipped by someone. Uh-huh. And the second fall was, he said pothole. But I, I was to get up after two falls. Cause I know when I fall, just running three miles, sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm taking it to the house. Yeah. <laughs> but to, to finish. Yes, exactly. But he wrote like he, he did make a post and he was just like, after the second fall, I just knew I need to finish this. He was like, I'm not ZNFing. I'm going to finish his race. And yeah. he was like, to be on this stage, I need to finish. He came across the finish line like there was nothing on his face. It was like, dude, like you, know mm-hmm. like, you got something going. Yeah. You got something right. He was, here. Just, he was like, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened a while ago. <laughs> yes, yes. I just think that Atlanta Track Club did an amazing job with putting everything on. I know it was very windy. The conditions of the course, uh, obviously hilly, but it was windy out there. I think the only thing I saw was like the bottles, the nutrition bottles, like the the um. That the volunteers were really like holding personal yeah. nutrition bottles yeah, because they were blowing. They were blowing over. That's how bad the wind was on Saturday. Was that literally bottles of fluid were were falling over, and they had to keep them in order, keep them in line because they had specific areas that the women knew to get their fuel, and you didn't want to mix anybody's up. Like yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah. So I think that that hats off to Atlanta Track Club for pulling that off. I know I saw like bricks were holding down signs because I think I don't think they. We didn't expect that wind no, like that. No goodness, no. Yeah, we changed the finish line at the last minute because the the finish line originally had like flags going all the way down the finish line uh-huh. mm-hmm. and like um sort of like poster boards like along the bottom with like different um sponsors uh-huh. mm-hmm. and all that had to get taken down because it was literally like just falling over and it would have been dangerous. People would have been yeah running into a flag would yeah. flew off and, mm-hmm. and hit them. It was like the big ones. Right. That wind was crazy. I thought the tent was going to come down. Oh, it was blowing. Like, oh, it was, it was bad. What was I talking to said, yeah, because it, it really took it where we were. 
I, we didn't really feel the wind. It wasn't really that cold to me. Yeah. But I was, I was talking to somebody else, and they were like, "Dude, you didn't feel that wind. It was freezing." It you know? was to like, me because he was closer to the to the to the uh, finish line. We were in between buildings, though. Yeah, that, so I that's think probably why. Right. Now I do. Okay, so I got y'all here. So for the peach tree, I think they should look into having individual um, nutrition bottles for each runner. Shut I up. think that's something that you all should suggest. I like how you said that with a straight face. <laughs> right. You held that face for like three seconds. <laughs> for 60,000 runners? Well, I got Darrell here because I want to talk because we didn't talk shoes until they went to the ground. I did want to ask you this. So what do you think of the World Athletic? I guess that's what their World Athletics, Athletics is what they're called now. What do you think of their ruling? You talking about on the limitations of the shoe? Um, just in general, when they came out with their ruling for the shoes, what did you think? Like, what was your initial response? I thought it made sense. I think that um, if you're going to put it, if you have loose sort of um, guidelines on um, what a shoe can be, and now you want to restrict it, now I think you got to set the bar somewhere. And they basically set the bar where the shoes were currently. So it's like, all right, Nike, essentially – I mean, I know they're not going to come out and say this, but essentially they're like, all right, Nike, we're going to stop you right here, mm-hmm. and this is where we're going to put a pin in it, and now every other company, y'all can come right up to that line too. Because technology you know, is going to continue to get better. This For sure. Is, this is, I mean, I'm, even though, you know, um, Riley said that he felt like he was running on trampolines. I'm not even going to go there. Because um, <laughs> um, that was his actual quote when he ran in the Nikes for the first time. Same and thing I people kinda, said when Boost first came out. I, I didn't true. think anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Or Cortez's. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think anything about it. I mean, whatever. You make a ruling. But then um, a hookah a hookah athlete, it was on a podcast I was just listening to, he goes, well, don't y'all think it's funny, though, that so World Athletics comes with this this um, ruling and somehow Nike, Nike already has the Alpha Fly ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't that, didn't that because you know the Alpha Fly, of course, originally the one that um, Kipchoge ran in to run the sub two hours was definitely a higher stack than the forty four. Well, they said it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They said that the shoes. So it was a lot of misinformation going around. Uh-huh. People thought that like Elliot's shoes had like three plates in it, mm-hmm. and that the stack high. Now, what they said was that the shoes that he ran in uh-huh. one plate and under forty millimeter stack height. So his shoe is the one that they have. Okay. Now I'm not going to say it's Mm -hmm. the same. I'm sure his shoe is customized a bit. Of course. But his Mm -hmm. shoe would have met those two thresholds. Basically, those were the two things handed down. It can only have Mm -hmm. one plate and the stack height needs to be 40 millimeters. And they said that his shoe met both of those requirements. Now, whether or not you want to call Nike, because they have no reason to lie at this point. Right mm-hmm. for that particular race because it's not a sanctioned race. Yeah. No world. That's why I didn't care that much yeah. if it if it was or if it wasn't. And I was like, oh well. But I they mean, were just like, yeah. just so you know, mm-hmm. I mean that that mm-hmm. shoe was legit. And I think I heard another. I think the main thing that I've heard people say, and granted, most of these people represent Nike, is that the shoe doesn't return more than you give. So that the amount of energy it returns is not over a hundred percent. And I think mm-hmm. that's the threshold. You don't want a shoe that's giving you more than what you're putting into it. And the truth is the only reason that this is even an issue is because Nike is Nike. They're the big company. Of course, Before this, every it. other shoe brand said, mm-hmm. oh, this shoe makes you faster. This shoe does this. I remember when Boost came out and people were like, oh my goodness, when you run in Adidas Boost, it's like landing on a cloud. Like it takes mm-hmm. no F. Everything feels great. But because mm-hmm. Nike's was actually I got to disagree on that. It wasn't just Nike. I mean, yeah, it was a different shoe. And I mean, and, well, I'm not a big Nike person, so it really didn't matter to me what the shoe was. But when all of a sudden you're breaking, these records are just falling. 
not just with one person. Everybody's running these personal bests. The top runners are um, all wearing the same shoe. You got to go. I just believe that Nike has some of the best athletes. Like, I think they have the ability. Like, that's it. Like, I don't think that you can name it on shoes. Nike has the, the, the brand and the money to sponsor the best athletes in the world. Like, I think that that's some of the best athletes of the world. Like I think some of the top people, I don't think it's just buried on the shoes. Cause I feel like they can put on anything and still run these times. Well, yeah. Kipchoge can. Yeah. I, I truly believe Kipchoge can wear sandals and blow everybody <laughs> all out of the water. But Kaylee can put on, you know, whatever jellies blow everybody out of the water. It's when you start going back a little bit that I think it does make a difference. I think shoes in general make a difference, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Shoes make running easier. Mm-hmm. But what people are trying, people are backing. I think India has a point. I mean, Nike has the best. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Because otherwise what you would be saying is like, for instance, the, ha- the women's half marathon record was set in a pair of Adidas. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying now is if you put the vapor flies on her feet, then now she was shoot around three, four minutes faster. Right. You know, you look at uh, men's runners, right? Mm-hmm. You look at, uh, all the guys that are wearing Adidas, like uh, what's his name, used to wear Adidas. Uh, who, who's ra- racing Kipchoge? Uh, I feel horrible forgetting his name. Um, Bekele? Bekele. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he was Adidas sponsored at one point. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. what are we saying here? Are we saying that, like, all these people that are coming in, like, if if you put them in a pair of Alpha Flies, what, now they're going to run a 157 marathon? Do I think they run faster? Yes. If I If I ever got close to Boston... I'm going to go get some alpha fly. We'd have to see that prove through. Cause like when you mm-hmm. look at Matt McDonald, like just cause we're talking about, yeah. like, right. I think his, trials, he came yeah. into the trials of the 212 and I think he ran a 212. Mm-hmm. All right. We don't, we don't, we don't see it. We don't see it with other athletes. Now I would say that I think on the back end, on the recreational end, uh-huh. you might see a little bit more because what the shoes really do is they help you, you know, with your run and form. Yes. Your form. Uh-huh. But yeah. if you're already an elite athlete, I just don't see it's it making you, that much person. of a difference. I don't see it either. I honestly believe mm-hmm. that if you put Elliot Kipchoge in a pair of yes, whatever, I, I, the yes, I Sockany Endorphin Pro, blah, blah, blah. He's going to run Yes, he's the though. top, top, top. Because everybody always goes back to Kipchoge. Well, it's, yeah, of course, it's when you, you filter down that I think you might have seen a difference if somebody wasn't wearing Nikes, they were just wearing another shoe. Would they finish in third? Would they finish in second? You so know, let's take the Dubai marathon, mm-hmm. right? Where like a lot of Ethiopians seem to be sponsored by um, Adidas. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just noticed that, uh-huh. right? And they're all running like low two hundred three. Some have cracked high two hundred two. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me that those guys, right? I put a pair of vapor flies on them. And they're gonna run four percent faster. So what they now would run a one fifty seven, one fifty eight marathon. I can't. Like, no prove one believes that, yeah. right? I can't prove it. You put it on their feet. They're gonna run the same because you see people switch brands, and mm-hmm. it, there's right. no like the the two ten guy doesn't turn into a two hundred five guy. Maybe not a two hundred five guy, but the fact that you're gonna have more energy because I mean that's the whole thing with a marathon. It's a marathon. You start to fatigue if you're in a shoe that can keep more energy in your legs toward the end, you're going to end up with a faster time. If but you're tired, you're tired. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't believe that topic. It's if the you, same, it's well, no, no I mean, it's it, foam, yeah. right? Which has been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Right. Carbon plate, which has been around since the 70s. Mm-hmm. And combining them, that's been around since the 70s and 80s. Yes. So and there's nothing, before, the materials are the same. There's no like new thing in there. Well, it's the stack height that does make a difference. Okay, so Sockenies have a stack not, height, yeah. have the same Hoka high stack, stack height. Now Hoka they do, the same stack but height. Hoka did not have the carbon plate. Because, yes, I think Hoka is the first one to come out with that, that stack height. 
But Hocus they didn't do have, have the carbon rockets. Now they do. Okay. But I'm saying originally when they first coming out with the stack height, they did. So why is it's, Jim Longley not running the two? Because he's flat. not as fast as the other guys. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give that to you. He's not yeah. as fast as the other guys, and he's a he's an ultra runner. He's not a, really a marathoner. But I still say yes, you do have an advantage. I'm glad they put a cap on it, and yes, everybody's going to come up to it. But it did. I can't. You can't tell me it had not changed the surface of marathon running. It has, I think it changed, but I think every shoe changes, right? Like you can't compare a runner in the 2000s to the shoes that were in the 90s. The shoes in the 2000s were totally different than the shoes in the 90s, right. which were totally different than the shoes in the 80s. So mm-hmm. yeah, shoes get better. They get lighter. They get softer. Yeah. They get composed better, but there's no like, people are acting like there's like gasoline inside the shoe. Right. It's still... <laughs> It's still the same material. It's a fiber on top. It's a foam in the in the bottom and a carbon plate in the middle. And that's it's the same basic ingredients that have been around not for years, but for decades. Right. Yeah. And the times are falling mm-hmm. just like the times have always fallen. In no, the, in, they have definitely in accelerated. In the that I've watched. Right? Yeah, I've watched ex- the marathon record get broken like every year. Yes. Going back from like 2013. Yes. Okay. But before that, when was the last time the marathon record got broken? As, as long as I watched it. And I started watching Marathon, you know, the, the 4% came out in, what was that, 2016? Yeah, that was because that was when they wore the trial. Well, so if I go back to 2013, when I started watching running, the world record was broken in 2013 by, what was his name, Kometo. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. after that came, uh, what's the guy that just, the Kenyan that just got busted or for missing, um, what's his name, tall, uh, bald head, dark skin, y'all know who I'm talking about. Anyway, record got broken by him the next year, so... Every year, the record, the marathon record was getting broken, and that was before the four percent came out. No, I, I mean I understand uh, what you're saying, yeah. but it definitely has accelerated since then, as far as the times. I don't know, man. I think athletics accelerates. Period. It doesn't matter what you know. Basketball players now, like Kyrie, if you take Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and you put him back in the '70s, people would think that someone broke a video game and put it on fast forward. They would mm-hmm. say like, "How in the world is this guy this fast?" With this, like, but we're not saying the shoes are made. It's just people get better mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they just get faster. <laughs> so, yeah, I look at the high jump. The high jump record has gotten broken three of the hurdles. The, not the hurdles, the high jump. Yeah. Uh-huh. That record has gotten broken, like, three or four times in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to say it's because the pole is di- – I don't – People just get better. <laughs> We're humans. We mm-hmm. adapt. We grow stronger. Mm-hmm. We learn. We train better. We have different types of. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Darrell, about you're going to be arguing with him about that. For, for oh, I'm not yeah. arguing. Yeah. But as far as a high jump, there's there's definitely something in training that has advanced the sport. There's definitely something that happened. Mm-hmm. It's just a, humans just evolved and all of a sudden they're all just jumping higher. Something somebody found. That is making them the training is getting to jump higher. That's what I'm saying. But we yeah. improve. So like yeah. when you you go back at basketball and you look back in the '60s and someone just dunks a basketball, it's like, whoa! How did he get way up there? <laughs> and now you got people who jump over people who are seven feet, put the ball under. We're not going. Yeah. We you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to talk basketball because it's a totally. I'm different sorry. Game. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A totally different game. Yeah. We get how, where you're connected <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I guess that's where I sit on it. Yes, the shoes are better, mm-hmm. and I think ten years from now. Even with these limitations, the shoes are going to get better because we're humans and we advance. We get stronger and we come up with better technology. We come up with better shoes. 
Okay. So what do you guys think the Olympic trial qualifying time is going to be in 2024? I don't know, but here's what, what I'm going to say. What women, I think they have got to reduce that woman's time. I'm very happy that we have so many uh, female qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a time period when women are excelling and doing amazing things. And I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. But it's time for we have to stop pretending like women are just automatically 30 minutes slower than us. That's just ridiculous. Is that what the, the, gap. the, the change like, is? There's a yeah. gap. But there's a huge gap between the qualifying time for men and qualifying time yeah. for women. What's the women's world record now? right now? Um, 214. Right. Compared to the men's record of 201. It's 13 minute gap. But when you look but at like the qualifying time though for women was 245. 245 on to a the high end to a 219. And it's just not equivalent. Same thing happens with uh Boston Marathon. That's what I was gonna say. My next question mm-hmm. was the difference in the men. That's 30, like it's a 30 is it 30, 30 minutes? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was 20. Okay. It's there's some minutes. ladies out here putting down some times. Like I just yeah. feel like, you know, yeah, there's not gap. equivalent. Well, I mean, I have heard a lot of <laughs> I've heard dudes complain because they're like the women's equivalent on the Boston is to them anyway. I mean, of course, as a guy who runs faster, it they are like, well, I could run that really easy, and I'm killing myself trying to get this Boston time. But they say the equivalent is it's not equivalent to not. you know what you know they should uh, uh, change it. If you age grade it out. Which is, you know, for those that don't know, age grading is basically taking a percentage of the world record in your um, in your age group mm-hmm. for your sex. Mm-hmm. So, like, as me, I'm 36. It's comparing me against the fastest 36-year-old male, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And if, if I were a woman, then it would, I wouldn't be compared against the men. It would be like, okay, me as a 36-year-old woman, how do I compare against the world record for a 36-year-old woman? Mm-hmm. Like, how far off am I from that? And if you, if you age grade it, the women's times for both the Boston Marathon and the Olympic trials squad, it's, it's undershooting them. And I, and I know why, in my opinion, I think it was there in the beginning because women had an unfair shake at the beginning of the sport. They yeah. weren't allowed mm-hmm. to run. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you know, you're going to mess up your ovaries and mm. like all this like nonsense. But now that we have so many women out there getting it and going after it and competing it, I'm sorry. I'm just going to be the one to say, we can't pretend like a 219 man is equivalent to a 245 woman. Right. It's just not the same. No, I agree. Which is why most of us know somebody personally. I can pull out my phone and run through a bunch of women that either have run a 245 or could run a 245. Mm-hmm. I cannot find a guy that can run a 219. Because mm-hmm. it's too it's yeah. Too yeah. different. Yeah. It is. yeah. That, I guess that was my point. Because yeah. it just it just seems, the men's one, it just seems like so unattainable. Whereas the women's like, you know. I could probably find somebody that could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the true gap, and, and I think it should be age graded, but I think that if you were going to come up with a number, I think the gap between men and women and the equivalency would be something more in the 15 to 20 I was 20 just about range. to say that, 15 minutes. 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I look at a 219 man and say like a 236 woman. Mm-hmm. That to me feels about equivalent. Like I would say those two people are kind of like of the same skill level, just, just off the cuff. Uh, so for the people that I'm just trying to think for the people that actually qualified for the Olympic trials that would have done a 2:36 that time that you just mentioned, how many how many people you think would have been able to attain that? I don't know. We'd have to go back and look at the qualifiers, but I bet it would have been a lot closer to the, what the men's uh, numbers numbers were. There's, there's a reason why you had double the number of women as compared to men. I think you would have got the women down yeah. close to about the 200. Because, like, when you look at this, right, like, 
you needed a 219 to qualify for the men. Yeah. And the men won with practically a 210. It's like a nine-minute gap between qualifying and what actually won. What actually won. When you look on the women's side, it's 245 to 227. You know what I'm saying? Now you got almost a 20-minute gap between the what you needed that, for qualifying yeah. time and what would have actually won you. The on race. a hard course. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's all. But, again... I don't want this to get taken the wrong way. It was an amazing sight just to see. I remember standing at the tunnel and seeing all the women running out, and I think it was amazing. I think we should celebrate that, but I think now is the time when we just should relook at these things. Yeah, I just looked at just why y'all were talking. I pulled up the, some of the bios for um, the women that qualified for Olympic trials, and it was roundabout, and I was counting pretty quickly, but it was about 50 ladies that would have qualified with a 236, a little over 50. So with a 230, 236 flat, there was some that 236.08, 236.13. So about 50 women would have made that time. That's a drastic difference between the 390 that hit the line. So 390 <laughs> ladies hit the line this weekend, and only 50, 60 ladies would have made that 236 Maybe. time. Well, Maybe. could have. I mean, some people could have trained yeah, up to that. Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, I don't think they could have trained up to that. Yeah, if they were trained up to that, I agree. But I think that there is a... a it's amazing that there already are 50 to 60 ladies that could have hit that time that you just said. Yep. And I think that that's great, you know, that are already there. And I think there's, I feel like there's so many more ladies right now and men that are like 2024. I'm ready. Like they are already training for the today. Cause they know that I feel like they know the time's going to drop. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to drop to 236, but I think it definitely is. going to. Well, drop. It, we definitely have to make a higher standard in the U S if we want to compete on the mm -hmm. world stage, you got to, I mean, mm -hmm. But, you know, also I heard a lot of people who came to the trial who, you know, end up not making the team are going to go to the track. Yeah. Uh, try to run a 10,000 to to get in um, that way, which is going to be in Oregon in June, I think, yeah. is when the track trials are coming. Right. I yeah. mean, because a lot of the people like Rupp and a lot of a lot of other people, that was their, they were doing a 10,000 and yeah. they were doing well at it. Yeah. A lot of the women, too. I mm -hmm. think uh, Sis and Huddle, a lot of them came from the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and had a lot of success there. Right, right. You know who randomly, you know who I was really sad that I didn't get to see race? Craig. Parker Stinson. Oh. Mm. He got injured. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. He got in, injured. Amy um, Hastings, Craig, was mm -hmm. injured. And our obviously Sarah Crouch announced that she was having a baby. So those are three people that I was like, oh, my goodness, they're not running. You know, people that you will want to see that yeah. are kind of some fan favorites and you're used to seeing them all over the place that didn't hit the pavement this weekend that is kind of like, wow, you know, but I understand life takes over and it just is what it is, but we got a good show this weekend. We got a great show. Out. Parker would have went out. Like what? he would have been way ahead of everybody. You don't think he would have hung in there with Jared? No, no. Parker Stinson only runs aggressively. One way. Yeah. yeah. He, the gun he goes off. And he, yeah. He recognizes <laughs> that that's a, I don't think he calls it a fault, but he's like, I'm aggressive. Like he's, he's like, I'm about there. that life. He was like, this is my only time. Not my only time, but this is my time at the trials. I'm out of there. Got to respect it, man. He goes for it. Yeah, he does. So an amazing weekend. Do you have anything? You look, listen, y'all. Darrell came with a type list of stats exactly. and details. You got anything else you want to share with our listeners, Darrell? No, I don't think so. Um, oh, a couple of little tidbits. Okay. Did y'all know that? Uh, so after Galen's sixty-one minute half marathon, after that, he that same like right after the race, he ran fourteen miles, including a workout. Shut up. Yeah. What? And then a couple of days later, he ran twenty times four hundred at sixty seconds. So that's four minute mile pace. Machine. Machine. One of the, one of the uh, guys said that they interviewed him after, uh, um, 
before the race and asked mm-hmm. why he was so confident. Like, how did he know he yeah. was back? And, mm-hmm. and that's what he said. He was like, well, after my half marathon, I did a 14-mile run with a very difficult workout. He wouldn't share what the workout was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a couple of days after that, I did 20 times 400. So, anyway. More he has that speed. Machine. Yeah, and he has that endurance. And I think he's very strategic with his running. Yep. And he knows how to, okay, it's time for me to. Because he, what he laid down a hammer about mile 20, he picked yeah. it up. And he yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah, he took the lead at mile 20. Three, mm-hmm. 24, somewhere in that range. And he said he did it earlier than... No, no, I'm lying. You're right, 20. No, yeah, 20. he said he did it earlier than his coach wanted him to. Yeah. But his coach told him to just, you go. know, go with your feel. If you feel it, but he took it a little... He, he made his move earlier than his coach actually wanted him to. I got a question for y'all. Did y'all see the finish? Um, did y'all see Rupp, a career, I should, career when he finished? Yes. Uh, I did. I watched okay. it. Mm-hmm. I watched this clip like mm-hmm. six or seven times. Mm-hmm. You saw when Galen walked up to him? Mm-hmm. Okay, did he try to high-five him sort of and miss? <laughs> or was he brushing him off like, man, don't touch me? No, I think he missed. I don't think it was like that. Okay. I How did you take it. it? I don't know. I literally kept rewinding a clip, and I was okay. trying to read his facial expression, but it stuck. You, you had to go back and watch uh-huh. it, right? Yes. So, career comes in fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so Galen's coming up to him to, I don't know, Embrace. whatever. Like, yeah, say, like, hey, hey, hey yeah, hey. Mm-hmm. And he kind of does this motion and I was trying to figure out what it was. I was like, it could either be he's like, man, don't touch me. Or it could be like, I'm so tired and I'm trying to give you like a high five. But I just like, can't. I took it as that. Okay. <laughs> I took it as that. He was on my top pick. I'm kind of sad that he didn't make the top yeah. three. He was as the day went on, I kind of was kind of feeling him. I thought after he went around, like, I was like, okay, he has a shot. Yeah. He definitely has a shot, but you know. Well, I think he, he thought was he only was, a, yeah, a couple seconds behind, wasn't He thought he was battling with Abdi. So like, it was Galen who was in first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was like Abdi and Career were like mm-hmm. in their minds battling for second and third. Right. And then and here then comes Riley. Nowhere, Riley comes <laughs> here comes Riley like, hey, what's Bad. up? I told you. And you know, but the thing about Riley celebrated before he even crossed the line. If he, he would have celebrated yeah. too much, if um if Abdi would have had a little bit more steam, he probably could have took that because they yeah. he was like right on. He was breathing on him. Yeah, <laughs> literally breathing on him. Yeah. While we got you here, yep. London. Who you got? So I saw. Did you see Bekele's half? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. And would y'all please stop giving Bekele. this man? No, I'm not saying I love him, but this is sports. Yeah. This week improves anything can happen. You're right. If he's on, Except he's Except when it comes to Kipchoge. Oh, yeah. Like when he just doesn't. I mean, he's one, the only marathon he's lost was to a, a world record. Yes. So he's like, what, 13 for 14? Yes, exactly. We've never yeah. seen anything like this. This is unprecedented. Yes. And when I watched, um, when I watched Bekele, what I felt like work hard for a one-hour finish, it was like one hour and some seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, if I'm Elliot, he's probably looking at this like, oh, yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah, we straight. Because well, it- after, after Berlin, because honestly, before Berlin, um, I didn't give Bekele anything because he was so inconsistent with finishing races for the for the beginning of it. But, I, I mean, he was, how many seconds was he off the world record in Berlin? Two. He was two seconds off the world record. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I got it. He's gonna be in the race. 
I think he'll be in a race for a while. See, the other thing is you got to remember, Bekele had a time in mind. So he's two seconds off because he's running to something versus mm-hmm. Kipchoge, who had obliterated yeah. the prior record. Yeah. Like, I don't know how hard he was working down the back end once he knew he had 40 seconds on the world record. Yeah. Like, so I, who knows how many more seconds he could have squeezed out if he was like chasing something. Mm-hmm. But I know I watched that man run sub two hours. Right. And you can say all you want about it not being certified. And he had right. Patience, all that da, jazz. Da, da, da. Yeah. I know his legs on their own mm-hmm. moved him to a sub two hour marathon. And so I, I've watched him run sub one hour halves in a marathon back to back. Yes. So to watch a man run two 59 minute half marathons back to back and to know that he's competing against a guy who seemed like he it took everything in, his, in yeah. him to run a one hour half marathon mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, it's just. He does Elliot not. puts in the work, man. Yeah. And when he shows up at the starting line, he. Nah. Look, I've always given Elliot Kipchoge the benefit of the doubt. Even when people were like, I don't know if he can run a world. I said, no, he's going to The second time in Berlin, I was like, oh, he's going to run the world record. The only reason he didn't last time because the weather was awful. Um, the second time that he did the uh, event. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was no doubt he was going to do it under two hours. I had no, I, I didn't see any way that he would not. But just something about. Bekele. It's like something else had sparked in him. And it, overall, Bekele is, besides the marathon, is the more accomplished runner. Stats wise. Yeah. Uh, you go yeah. across the board. He's yeah. got the 5K right. world record, he's got the 10K world record. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know how. I mean, listen, if someone wanted to tell me that they thought Bekele was like the greatest distance runner, like broad. Well, he had, he's got to beat. Okay, he's got to beat Kim Joby. I won't argue you mm-hmm. but i can come up with an argument to say that i mean let's not let's not short kipchoge on the other no, distances no. as well mm-hmm. and i think there's something to be said about consistency mm-hmm. i don't know how many years we're going now but as an amateur athlete myself knowing and he's a he's a married man he has children mm-hmm. like you're married you have oh you're you know basically you have married. basically <laughs> you have <laughs> You right. have to, like just ima- imagine like life itself. Like one of those days in all these years, mm-hmm. he had an argument with his wife before the race. Mm-hmm. His kid pooped on him. Right. Like he tripped <laughs> over a toy and banged his toe. Like yeah. this, like life. Like there's so yeah. many reasons why you should have a bad race, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. And I've watched Michaela mm-hmm. just you know DNF. Yeah, exactly. DNS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've watched Elliot. He's a machine. So, yes. no, I mean, I would put up the argument that just even overall, mm-hmm. Elliot is a, is a superior runner because I think he has a superior mind. And I think it's been documented over and over again, and that's what separates, aside from the physicality, Elliot's mind is probably what separates him from everyone else. Okay, which is great. How old are you? 36. You're probably old enough to remember Tyson. I do. Tyson got knocked out. He did. <laughs> And but and at the, and I mean people nowadays probably can't understand. That. Well, no, because a lot of because I say Tyson, some people and all they know about him is he was in jail and he got out and he couldn't win anything. Tyson got knocked out after he was in prison and after he was separated from Customato. Yes, you're exactly right. right. So that is a mental. That's you can equate that to like kind of what happened to Galen Rupp when he went through his down season. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as a pure before that, as a pure fighter, Tyson was something that 
Yeah, so and I'm a boxing fan. Yeah, you just yeah. you just don't see it. That combination of first of all, he's a small person, mm-hmm. right? He's fighting guys that typically have 50, 60 pounds on him. Mm-hmm. He's got no he's always at a reach disadvantage. To see a heavyweight with that much power and that much speed, no one's seen that before. Normally mm-hmm. it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be George Foreman and you can just <laughs> one hit is like oh, is it, right? he just hit me with a house, but then you don't have the speed. Tyson's de- and defense, his footwork. You know, aside from, you know, Roy Jones and, and Floyd Mayweather, that's my one and two in no particular order. Don't judge me. Yes, I don't have Ali in my one and two. Uh, I have Roy Jones and Floyd Mayweather. As Somebody well. said that I had a, I got a, we had a, uh, not an argument, but it's a talking work. Somebody yeah. said the same exact thing. And I only bring Tyson's up Tyson. Three. Yeah. The only reason I bring up Tyson and ask your age, because some younger people, when you bring up Tyson, they don't remember when he was just destroying people. And people believe there is no way this guy is ever going to get beat. And Buster, whoever Douglas, Douglas, put him on a put him on the mat twice. But Tyson wasn't a cerebral fighter like that. He just his skill set was amazing. He was a tactician. But like, take someone like uh, Floyd, mm-hmm. who fights with his mind. Mm-hmm. He never lost. My point Floyd is, is close to the Elliot. You, okay, so you, you're going to take you gonna, Okay, so that's yes. the apparent. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. My only bring it up to say is, even people who look unbeatable can get beat. Yes, Elliot is going to age, so at some point he will no longer be the best. Well, I think. But, I uh, mean, I think if he wins in London, I think he might get out of this without losing ever. If he if he yeah. wins in London, I think he might whatever marathons he runs, I think he might get out of it with. But. I'm saying I'm not just going to hand it to him. I'm not going to just say, oh, yeah, he's gonna, because of this, he's going to beat Bekele. Bekele wants to win this. He, he wants to prove to everybody, yes, I DNF'd, I DNS, whatever. I'm still the greatest. And we I should come up, we should come up with a friendly wager on this because he, he's got be. a lot of energy. He has, and it's always like this. And I'm just yeah. like, I just be like, all right. We need, we need a non-monetary <laughs> wager. Between this conversation this. and the Nike Nike shoe conversation, it always. I just be like, okay, Tommy. Yeah. You 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 <laughs> under you undervalue the mind in sports. No. And I think that that's particularly for marathon, and that's more than half the victory. And I think that Elliot's mind is just vastly superior it's not even close yeah he might close. be but there's also the i mean his mind was the same when he was running against him in the 10,000s what where was his mind then he was still develop- he hadn't reached that point if you hear elliot he says mm-hmm. that it wasn't until he ran a marathon that he found his his home his that's when he knew and the, the thing is when you know everyone else knows too so, and I, we've all experienced that, I think, on a smaller scale. When there's something that you've got, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it could be sports, it could be something at your job, it could be, but, like, you hit a certain point to where it's not cockiness, it's just kind of like. This like, is what I do. This is it. Mm-hmm. And I think, and when you have that, people see that. And I think, if anything, people are intimidated by Elliot. It's the reason why no one's going to pass him on a course. Mm-hmm. Because it's, there's something, a, people, you, you'll often see Bekele back in second, third, fourth. Yeah. No one will pass Elliot. I feel like Bekele always looks like he's struggling. Elliot can go out in like, a, in a he 70 does. minute like, half. He, looks he, like, oh, yeah. he always looks like he's like barely holding on. Well, until he Berlin, he probably. <laughs> exactly. It's real until, heavy, he, until Berlin, he ain't done nothing. I mean, because I, I had been waiting 
Because he has the resume, and I'm like, what is going on with this but a guy? Resume in a, in a different distance, though. Like you got to. Well, no, I mean he's run some good marathons too. I mean, you know what they call has, Elliot? But he still what? Has and when I say they, I'm not talking about just his team. Mm-hmm. All the runners, they call him the boss. Yeah, that's literally what they call him. Yeah, you lost already. You know how that speaking of Tyson, that's what mm. Tyson used to say. Mm-hmm. How like he won before the fight even started. Because mm-hmm. people bowed to him. You know, you remember that I don't know if you you probably whereas you're older than me, so you probably mm-hmm. know the stories of like Tyson before a fight punching a wall and that his opponent heard the punching on the wall and he wouldn't want to he didn't want to come out. They had to drag him out, and then he just, like, fell on the mat and didn't fight because they were so intimidated by this Well, man. I mean, if you ever – I mean, if you can, split up the Michael Spinks fight because Michael Spinks was, like – Tyson's coming. Michael is already, like, literally going right. to the ground, <laughs> like, before Tyson even gets to him. But – Do you think Elliot would – I mean, do you think Bekele would dare – Pass Elliot. Yeah, I, I'm tired of you. Okay, we gonna bet because I'm tired <laughs> of you sleeping on Bekele. I mean, I, I'm. I, it's not like even Bekele is my guy, but it just, just to, I never. When you're talking elite athletes, I'm never gonna just say, okay, yeah, this guy. Let's give him. Let's coordinate him. Let's do this. I'm, I'm never not, gonna do I'm that. Not saying that. No, you're coordinating. You're saying, hey, you know, Bekele, why you should DNS. You should not even don't even start the race. I don't think he's that's saying that. I never saying. said that either. Like, that's I don't what think, y'all, he's gonna do a good fight, but it may be a little bit more of a struggle than Kipchoge. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kipchoge be looking like he just finished like walking a mile when he get done. Like he literally, yes. but whereas Bekele looks like he struggles. Like you can tell he's like, <gasps> like I'm trying. I'm gonna hold on. Like he literally be struggling, like to keep up. Like seriously, he does it. He tries to keep he's up or two he falls seconds back. off the world record. I don't care how much he struggled. But not that's a line. time that he put in a book. Elliot has never seen the back of another person's singlet. Yeah. But yes, I think that uh, I mean at no point in a race. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You never see Elliot fall back mm-hmm. to third or fourth. And no, he's always, yes, up. he always that's runs. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily only because he's so good. It's because mentally everyone respects him so much. I truly believe he could go out in the half in 70 minutes. All right, what's the bet? Uh, and everyone would be like, I don't know why we're going this slow, <laughs> but I know I cannot <laughs> pass him. So you would just see Only one. Like, like, stay behind that, him. I'm just going to stay right the, here. The, the year, not the world record. Was it the world record year? There was one year in Berlin where a young guy did go out in front of him. And then they ended up running side by side. But I don't know if it's a world record year or the year before that. And I can't oh, remember. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Uh, I, 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 I daily, I daily, um, I can see his face. Yeah. But I can't think he's of his name. tall. It was like around my, yeah, my, yeah. My, my he did go out and then everybody was like, yeah, yeah, and and I remember. Then, yeah. But yeah. you always see Kipchoge. Kipchoge does this hand wave. I don't know if y'all ever see him, but he's like, come on. Like, he yeah. wants the challenge. Adola, that's his name. Okay. okay. But I don't think that. I think in London, it's going to be, I think Kipchoge's going to be like, let's go. Like, you bring it. Like, let's do it. And we're I assuming that Bekele is actually going to show up. Yeah, this, there's like at least a 35% chance that he well, doesn't even show. I, I mean, before Berlin, I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, I wasn't even, like, I was like, okay, Bekele's whirling, but Kipchoge's not there. Eh, eh. But then, then when you saw how close he came, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, when he started getting close, I'm counting down. Like, this guy might break. And he didn't, of course. But he's going to make London great. But I'm just not gonna hand you the crown. You gotta win the crown. I don't so care how many. Bet? What's the bet? What's All right. If Bekele, if if Kipchoge wins, uh-huh. you have to run the Publix Marathon next year. <laughs> I was probably gonna do that anyway. So that's fine. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and if um, Bekele wins, it can't be running related because Darrell's a beast. <laughs> oh, I, oh, um, free coaching. Okay, Darrell will coach me to run. I mean, I, I guess I'm already gonna run the. I'm probably gonna run the Publix anyway. No, okay, I was probably gonna run the half. So yeah, all right, we'll go with that. And if uh, Bekele wins, free coaching for the. Uh, but you gotta do like you ready for that. No, no, no. You know how you no. are. I, was gonna say, I might be a punishment to you. Exactly. No, no. You, but you gotta you gotta pace with me on on my long runs. Okay. Wait, no, no. I need a specific <laughs> number. Okay. Because he's probably gonna run it too. How are you gonna make him pace? Yeah, I got. I'm, I'll probably like pace it again his... next year. Oh, okay. We didn't even talk about that. Dog. Yeah, that's right. You paced. We won thirty nine in. <laughs> <laughs> um. We'll think Sorry something. for the long Let, podcast. Okay, no. that's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm firm on my bet, though. So okay. on my end, for I have to run. The, Elliot the, wins. You have to run the 2021. Let's be specific. You have to run the 2021 Publix Atlanta Marathon. Not the half, bro. Okay, twenty six point two miles. I think you stuck your foot in your mouth about this coaching because you already talked about how with coaching you just want somebody to give you a plan and no, 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 no. I've said because I don't really. I mean, personally, I don't need a plan. I need somebody to make me follow a plan. Like call me, like, hey, you have this many. That's the kind of coach. See, that would be a punishment for me. That's what I don't. I don't want to do. That's why I never coach. That's why I said Darrell don't even like that. No, I'm not. That's why it's part of the bet. That's what the bet is. Okay. You do something that you, you don't, don't like to do. do. Hurt me. I do not like trying to motivate someone else. But that's, I mean, I mean, because that's the kind of, I can't, I don't want a coach that just puts the plane together and calls me every once in a while. I need somebody that like, um, I'm getting to go run these miles. Are you getting ready to go run well, your miles? Watch how he doesn't like me afterwards. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> he doesn't understand that like. No. I've played sports since I was a little kid. Okay. I, under, I understand hard coaching. Okay. You get but, your ass in gear. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Did you talk about your vlog? Oh, I have a vlog, y'all. Because he didn't want to be interviewed. Yeah. Uh, Go on YouTube (laughs) and check out um, Running Atlanta. Okay. That's the name of the vlog. Running Atlanta. Just short videos. I think I'm going to try to keep it to probably under 10 minutes. Once a week, just um, updating my running and really more so trying to highlight other stuff going on in Atlanta. Trying to highlight like other run groups. I'm trying, you know, I've been on this long-term journey of trying to bring the not only the nation, the city together, but the nation, but in this case, bring the city together. And I think when I first started running, um, it felt different than it, than it, than it feels now. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get it back to how I felt like it felt when I mm-hmm. first started running. I don't, it, it may sound convoluted. I can't think of an easier way to say it. Well, I mean, do you, do you mind, at, uh, like expounding on? Mm-mm. We, we mind. Yeah. No, I don't mind. I just, <laughs> I put it, <laughs> <laughs> he done muted India. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you feel, I mean, because he said it, so I'm just trying to verify what you mean by that. I think everyone, you know, there was a time when it felt like the there was the running community was super tight knit, that everyone uh-huh. was together, didn't matter what group you ran with or who's yeah. uh-huh. team or blah blah blah. Uh-huh. Everyone was just kind of, but then at some point, to me, to me, and maybe everyone else feels different. To me, it felt like there was a little bit more fragmentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to try to get it closer together. So, like, that's why I want to try to go to. That's why I wrote down runner when you mentioned that. Because yeah. I'm going to ask you, I want to go out to runner's group run. Yeah. And then 
maybe they would love to have put you. them on the video so people can learn about runners. So like, mm-hmm. even if you run with group X, Y, Z, yeah, maybe you come out every once in a while and still run with runner and maybe people from runner go run with group X, Y, Z. And then everyone, so that when we get to like these big races, like peace tree mm-hmm. Publix, everyone is like cheering for everyone. I don't mean to say that that's not already happening. Yeah. I just want to make it happen even more. So mm-hmm. gotcha. We yeah. definitely gotcha. need to do more blending in, in, What's the word? Hype each other up. Like, I feel like there doesn't need to be separation within Mm. it. There needs to be some more blending. We can work better as a collective group. I mean, I think the Atlanta run community is, I don't want to say close knit, but I think it's a good community. I think um, you start to see people, if you are a person that goes out and races, you start to see people at races. I think, you know, it's, it's not any real animosity in my opinion, Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I haven't been out in, a, you know, about a year and a half, but as far as I can tell, it's kind of like that, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You and know? I agree. Yeah. That's why I, I'm not trying to paint like a, yeah, uh, like this. We're just all right. fighting. Boom, boom. I mean, I think the, the, any kind of problems that, that we have in the running community is just normal human problems. Like whenever you put that many human beings in one place, these are things that are going to happen in my opinion. That's also true too. Yeah. So but I'm still always fighting for the. There's a theme with, and I'm not saying it's always successful. Yeah. But whether it's, uh, real runners of Atlanta, the Unity Panel, mm-hmm. the Unity Collective going into the race, now this running Atlanta. There's always a theme with what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not always successful. <laughs> but the idea, the spirit, is always to try to bring people together to highlight and celebrate other people to like, I like cohesiveness. So that's always, that's just always what I'm trying to do. So sometimes I'm sitting around, I'm thinking like, man, how can I collaborate? Like get Mm -hmm. people in the together, like in the the same room. And that, I agree it happens, but it it could have happened. It, it, it could be better. Okay. Well, I mean, it always could be better. Um, but I think you did succeed, Unit Collective. We got the race. Um, and I think it did bring people together. Oh, I agree. I think yeah. the race does, does a great job of bringing people together. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Shout out to Tess and Shanta and Booker and Ralph. Thank you. And everybody. And me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and whoever else I'm forgetting, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, Please. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> a great podcast. Do you have anything else you want to share, Terrell? I'm so excited no. to have you on. I think no, this, this is, is very enjoyable. Yeah. We should do it, like, more often. Hey, I want to come back. Well, definitely you're going to come back before London. When is London? Or maybe I should come back. You know what we should do? We or should, after? After you want to come should back? Fig- we should watch London together. Mm. What time does that come on? Oh, yeah. That's one of those early morning ones. Well, you know what? Like, I, I mean, like I, I mean, I think Indy and I talked about this once. We, be we so, want to do a viewing party. It'd be so great for major marathons if we could do viewing. I mean, of course, the times are always yeah. kind of. But I think London, it, it, that's the one where, it, because it's in, I think it ends up being like four or five in the morning. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. On like hard. a Sunday morning for mm-hmm. us, that's not going to work. Yeah. And I was like, where could we do it? Who can we find to, you know, open a bar or whatever if we wanted to do something Unless like that? Unless y'all recorded yeah. it and stayed off social media and then watched yeah, the recorded one. But tough. nobody's yeah. probably going to do that. Yeah. Usually, usually, like for marathons, I'm down here on the couch and, and, you know, with the TV on. 
waiting for it to come on, you know, that yeah. time in the morning. Yeah, but, sometime around then. Maybe yeah, after. so, yeah, maybe after once we know who won. Yeah. Okay, like, and, um... <laughs> I just rolled my eyes so hard, y'all. Oh, my God. I mean, it's not that I'm... I'm We're not getting back on it. Finish up. I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm just saying... Whatever. I don't coordinate people without winning. Okay. Do y'all read Let's Run message boards? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Uh Uh-uh. Do you? Yeah. What is this? Where do we find it? Let's yeah. Um, I listen to that podcast, but I, I really don't read the re- message boards. So, so the message the, boards they're, kinda... they're famous for their message boards. Uh-huh. And there's a um, there's a person on there by the name of Banana Bread mm-hmm. who, or that's their their uh, their tag name or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're just like a super duper 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 fan of uh, Bekele. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> I was gonna make a joke and say like, I think I. Banana bread. Right. I, thought maybe, I thought maybe you were banana bread, but he's famous on on the board. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I'm not banana bread. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so now um, we're gonna bring you back on. Did India? You got anything else? No. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the podcast. I will uh, probably do this next uh, podcast and talk about. I did go to book signing for Amanda Brooks. We had her on episode fifty one. I did go to her book signing on Friday before the trials, and that was a really exciting thing to meet her in person and did a little run as well as chatting about her book. And her book should be in my mailbox tomorrow, so I'm really excited about that. So I'll go into more detail about that next episode, but. That was something I really enjoyed. All right. Check out her episode, episode 51, that we interviewed her. And then, of course, Run to the Finish is her book. Great. All right. So thank you, Darrell, for coming out and yes. being part of the Run for having me. Trio. Yes. We are one trio. Thank you. Thank you. So, India. Yes. They want to get in touch with you. Yes. You can find me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore indigo underscore run. So that's I of indigo runs. You can Hit me up on email at milesfromindia at gmail.com. And I am India Cook on Facebook. And you can hit me up at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two, at gmail.com, on tmitch68 on Instagram, as well as on the Run Duo Instagram. You can DM me there. Yes. How can I get in touch with you, Darrell? Strava. Uh, you can find me on Strava, Darrell Patterson. Um, email Darrell Patterson. That's D-A-R-E-L Patterson at gmail.com. I have a website, Darrell Runs, D-A-R-E-L Runs. Dot com and now I have a blog and I'm on my second week so subscribe to that that's uh running Atlanta and I, lastly I just want to say how happy I am to be able to hear you and and see you say that <laughs> in person why did I know you were gonna say that oh my gosh I didn't even she realize said that I did a couple that. times today and for y'all that notice it and maybe I'm the only one that notices it but for y'all that notice it she also has like the mannerisms to go with it like she says like and that is the other thing that I want to do <laughs> I love it that's it alright well y'all look crazy I love it and that's it. <laughs> that's it we will see you again in a couple of weeks anything else India nope that's 